But speaking of making or breaking experiences, there's something that has probably made or broken your experience in the video game world, and it happens most of the time on release day, okay? Some of you guys have experienced one of your favorite games, you've been waiting forever to come out, and when it finally comes out, the graphics are amazing, the hit registration's on point, the mechanics work super well, the party system works perfectly normal, everything goes according to plan, except for one very important factor, the server capacity. How many of y'all have played on a release day and everything works great, except the servers? <laughs> Too many people trying to play the same game at the same time. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It happened recently with Fall Guys, okay? If you don't play Fall Guys, they did not expect hundreds of thousands of people to play this game that looked like it was made for 12-year-olds, even though it's stinking amazing, okay? Season two is coming out soon, be all over that. But they didn't expect so many people to play the game. So like on day one, when you try to link up to a game, Pastor Balls and I were trying to play, when you're in the search, the queue, your character is just falling from the sky, literally just falling. So because the server was above capacity, like you just kept on falling. Like over, like you just kept unlimited falling, like the game was living up to its name. If you've ever played an MMORPG, World of Warcraft is notorious for this. They release a patch or a new expansion or something exciting but they underestimate the amount of people that are going to come play this game. So you're in the server and you're walking around like normal and everything looks good, except everyone else in the server is doing this. Just running in place because everybody's lagging because the servers are at capacity. Now everything else in the game can be perfect. Everything else can work, but when the servers are above capacity, there's lag, People are de-seeing, and even if the game itself is perfect, how many of y'all know that the servers can ruin your experience? The server capacity can make or break your experience, and here's the deal. This is important. Release day is a big deal for game devs, because I teach this to our team. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. You never do. When a, when a game releases with improper servers, I mean, it's all over Reddit. It's all over the internet. These game devs don't know what they're doing. Horrible release day. And there are some people, no matter how good the game is, they will not come back and play the game again because their experience is either made or broken by the capacity of their servers. And this is every developer's dream, that you have so many people wanting to play your game that you need to increase your capacity. But at the same time, Every developer's biggest dream, if not done well, can become their biggest nightmare. Like, if you don't have servers that are big enough to handle the capacity of players that are playing, it will ruin the game for everyone. And developers need to make sure that their servers can handle the amount of people that are going to come their way. And I wonder for us as followers of Jesus, how many times we've been praying and asking God to answer our prayers, and we're frustrated because we think God is saying no. When in reality, God might not actually be saying no. He might just love you enough to ask you the question, when I bless you, do you have the capacity to handle it? Do you have the capacity to handle the things that I want to do in your life? Because what you might think God is being mean and saying no He's actually protecting you from his blessing crashing your servers. God's blessing at times 
if we don't have the character or the integrity or the capacity to handle it, it can be too much and can leave you with an actual bad experience rather than a good one. And so for many of us today, I want to encourage you to ask yourself a question and to check your capacity. Do you have what it takes? Do you have the capacity to handle the blessing that God wants to bring your way? Or are you frustrated with God because you think he's saying no when really he's trying to protect you from crashing your servers? I'm going to read to you a story from the Old Testament in the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4, starting verses 1 to 7, that's going to really help illustrate this point to us. Read it with me. We're going to read it once. We're going to go back and read it again and dissect it as we talk about this subject. Check your capacity. Verse 1, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered and respected the Lord. But now his creditor, the guy that he owed money to, is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing here at all, she said, except just a small jar of oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars, but don't just ask for a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, then put one to the side. She left him, and then she went and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept on pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. Get me another jar. But her son replied, there is not a jar left. And then the oil stopped flowing. Verse 7, she went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much today for your word. Thank you that it's alive and active and shaping and transforming our hearts. And God, today we ask you, Lord, to help us to check our capacity. Help us to grow. Help us to be stretched and transformed so that, God, we might be changed. So that we might be able to bring you honor, give you glory, and to receive all that you have in store for our lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see in the story, 2 Kings, is this woman comes to Elisha. And she says that my husband has just passed away. Read verse 1 again with me. She says, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets. If you don't know what a prophet is, especially in the Old Testament, prophets were very popular. There's even books in the Bible, minor prophets and major prophets. And a prophet is someone that God would communicate directly to, to share a message with the rest of the people. If you especially heard our message a few weeks back about the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, really Jesus in the New Testament dies on the cross to forgive us from our sins because our sin separated us from God. So in today's world, post the cross, we've been forgiven of our sins for those who have said yes to follow Jesus, which means that we've been restored back to our relationship with God so we can talk to God. We can just get on our knees or whatever. I could walk around. I could pray. And I could just have a conversation with God because we've been reunited. But in the Old Testament, we were separated from God by our sins. So you couldn't just talk to God. So there was a very complicated process 
But one way that God would talk to humanity was through a prophet. God would give one man a message, and he would go and share that message with people. Now, in today's world, we do believe in what's called the gift of prophecy, where God can still communicate a message to someone, where he can go and speak something over your life, even knowing something about your future that there was no way for him or you to know except for from God. But today, we can directly connect with God ourselves. But back then, there were prophets, and this woman happened to be married to one, but her husband had died. So now she's left a widow, and she's left with a big problem, because in the verse we read right there, verse 1, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered and respected the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. See, her husband had some debt that now, unfortunately, because he's died, his debt is passed down to his wife and his children, and she can't pay it. So it was common back in those days that if you couldn't pay your debt, and that's going to sound savage, but like you'd sell off your children. Some of y'all are like, I'm so glad I don't live in the Bible days, praise God, okay? I'm not about to sell off my children or sell my dog or my cats. I like my animals. I'll pay the debt myself. I'll find a way. I'll do dishes if I need to do them. I'm going to find a way, okay? But that's what they did. And so she's got quite a dilemma. She has quite a dilemma, and now this debtor is coming to collect his debt, and she's going to Elisha, and Elisha begins to have a conversation with her about what they're going to do about it. She finds herself with a huge problem. And we read the story that she goes and gets jars and fills them up and then sells that money to pay her debt, and she can have her sons. But if you understand this story, what God is doing is God is increasing her capacity. She only has a small jar of oil. That's all she has, and it's not enough to pay her debt. It's not enough to pay her debt, not even close. A small little jar of anointing oil like this is not going to get you very far. She needs buckets and buckets and buckets and buckets of oil to pay her debt. And in order for her to fit the debt, in order for her to fit the oil to pay the debt, she needs to grow her capacity to fit the oil. But what I need us to catch at the very beginning of this passage here is that sometimes in order for God to grow your capacity, sometimes I might have to start with some pain. The only reason that she needs more jars to put more oil in is because her husband has passed away. And maybe some of you can relate that most times in your life where you've been stretched, where you've had to grow, where you've had to mature, probably resulted out of a situation of pain. It probably happened because something difficult happened in your life. Some of the people who have the strongest marriages are people that have also had the strongest struggles. Like, we had to work through some stuff. But now today, our marriage is tighter than ever. If you've got teenagers... And now you feel like you've reached a place where you finally understand one another. You probably went through years where you didn't understand one another. It stretched your capacity. You learned, you grew, but oftentimes our capacity is stretched by the pain that we endure. And oftentimes what we do is we go to God, God, take away my pain. God, take away my pain. I don't want the pain. Take away my pain. Take away my pain. But in reality, the pain is what will stretch your capacity to be able to receive the blessing that God wants to give you. So really when we're saying, God, take away my pain, we're saying, God, 
don't stretch my capacity so I can receive the greater blessing you want to give me later. It's like with the game devs. So many people want to play the game, but they don't have the capacity to handle all the players. And 2020 has been a year of pain for many. But I believe that 2020 is stretching your capacity. It's developing your character. It's making you stronger so you can handle the next step that God has for your life. So next time pain's coming your way, don't just pray it away. Ask God to increase your capacity. Verse 2, Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? It's a very important thing I need you to know about God. He wants to help you. He really does. There are so many people in the world today, especially on the internet, that when they're praying, they don't want to talk to God because they don't think that God wants to help them. God is willing and ready, and through Elisha, is representing to us God's response. How can I help you? I'm ready, willing, and available to pour out my blessing. He wants to help you. But look what Elisha says first. Tell me, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? The woman brings a great need to Elisha, and he says, I'm willing I want to be able to help you, but before God can pour out his blessing, Elisha asks a very important question, what's your capacity? What's your capacity? What do you have in your house? Elisha says, I've got the faith to believe what God is able to give you, but do you have the capacity to handle what God gives you? And she responds, your servant has nothing there at all except a small jar of oil. Small jar of oil. And she's wanting God to bless her. She's, got, she's like, God, I want an abundance of blessing. I want an abundance of your blessing. And Elisha says, okay, God does want to bless you. But can your capacity handle the amount that God wants to give you? God wants to bless you. But the first question he asks is, what's your capacity? So many of us are praying for that promotion. We want that next job. We want to go to that next level that's got more pay, but also comes with more travel. And you're asking God to give you the blessing. But God knows if you do that much traveling, can your marriage handle it? Does your marriage have the capacity to handle what you're asking me to give you? You want that new job and you want that promotion, but it also comes with a lot more stress and a lot more decision-making. Do you have the pain threshold, the capacity to handle what you're asking me for? If I were to pour out my blessing on you, would you have the capacity to contain it? So many of us, we want to grow on Twitch. We want to grow on Twitch Man, I want to get that partnership. I'm trying to make it big on Twitch. But do you have the capacity to handle the disappointment that comes when you realize that purple check mark didn't do as much for you as you thought it would? Do you have the capacity to handle the disappointment? Can you actually handle it? Oh, I want to be written about on the Washington Post. But do you have the capacity to read the thousands of negative comments about you from people who don't know anything 
about you? We want the blessing. Oh, God, give it to me. I can take it. But do we have the capacity to handle what God wants to give you? Well, if I just had a leadership position, things would be different. Then when you step into it, you realize, wow, it was a lot more than I thought it would be. I, I didn't realize it'd be like this. I didn't realize it'd be this hard. I didn't realize the thing that I was asking God for, now I'm asking God to take away because I didn't have the capacity. Elisha says, what do you have in your house? She says, nothing, just a small jar of oil. And Elisha realizes, if God's going to bless you first, we need to increase your capacity. Moving on to verse 4, no, verse 3. Elisha says, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. And don't just ask for a few. Like, get quite a bit. Because God's about to pour out a supernatural blessing on your life, but you're going to need the capacity to be able to handle it. Go to your neighbors and ask for jars. And the thing that I want you to catch here is that sometimes God will grow your capacity through other people. Go to your neighbors. Ask them to help you. We're not meant to grow on our own. That's why if you're not plugged into an experience group, I would encourage you literally right now, exclamation point, EXP groups in the chat. Experience groups are a group of 10 people that meet every single week, gaining experience to level up in their faith. It's 10 people getting to know one another, reading the Bible, studying God's word, but also talking and connecting and building trust and being there to really build each other up, but also to challenge one another, to help stretch our capacity. I had a conversation with some friends just the other day, and I asked them, hey guys, do you, I've been kind of feeling this about myself lately. Do you guys think that I do this, this thing? Do you guys feel like I do this? And, and they love me enough to say, like, well, I mean, not, not all the time, but, but sometimes I've, I've noticed it. You know what that does? It helps me stretch my capacity. Because sometimes to stretch my capacity, i got to stretch my character. i got to be made aware of my own flaws. He said, go ask your neighbors for some help. Some of y'all are going to get some good, godly, loving people in your life who can stretch your capacity. And God wants to put some really good people in your life to stretch your capacity. But sometimes he might also put some really bad people in your life stretch your capacity. Some of y'all are praying to, and asking God to give you patience. You know what he's going to give you? He's going to give you a Karen, okay? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all have a Karen in your life. That person, oh my goodness, they think they know it all. They're so frustrating. They always got to say this. And da, 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 da. You all have a Karen in your life. It's either a Karen or it's a Jimmy. It's one or the other. We all know one. And God's got you on that person. And for some people, like, you should just remove certain relationships in your life. But some people you're just stuck with, you know what I'm saying? Some people, like, you just can't get away from them. Like, no matter what you do, they're there. And God is using that person, as frustrating as they might be, to stretch your capacity. To stretch your capacity. So that you can handle the future blessing, responsibilities, opportunities that God wants to give you. But before he can give it to you, he needs to stretch your capacity. So next time you see that person that y'all, everyone's thinking about one person right now. Next time you see that person, don't focus on how frustrating they are. 
Focus on how they're actually stretching your capacity. Focus on how they're actually making you better so that you can receive the blessing that God has for you. He says, go to your neighbors. Ask them to help you. And he says, don't just go to a few. Go to a bunch and get them to give you lots and lots of jars. Moving on to verse 5, verse 4, excuse me. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons, and they brought her the jars, and she kept on pouring. Now, you need to really catch this part of the passage. Because if you don't understand it, you won't realize that God is doing a supernatural miracle. That she started off with just a small jar of oil. And she goes to all of her neighbors and gets these jars. And scholars and commentators speculate that these weren't other small jars. That instead, she had gotten huge 10-gallon, either glass or clay jars that could have fit oodles and oodles and oodles amounts of oil. She was getting big jars. But yet supernaturally, even though she started with just a small anointing oil, she was able to fill up not just one, but another jar and another jar, and it just kept on pouring. A miracle of God, his supernatural blessing happening over and over and over again. When one filled up, her son brought her another. When another filled up, her son brought her another. But here's what I need you to notice here. Is that Elisha told her, go into your room, close the door, and begin to pour the oil. Oftentimes, what God will do in your life when he's stretching your capacity, he'll do it through things that no one else sees. He'll do it in the private areas of your life by challenging and stretching your integrity. He'll use the DMs that people are sending you that are hurtful, that no one else gets to see, but he'll use those to stretch your capacity. The way that your boss treats you while there's no one else around He'll use those areas that other people don't get to see, but God sees them, and he's using them to stretch your capacity, and some of those moments might be painful. See, because when we read this story, we focus on, oh, God's blessing took a little jar. It's like the five loaves and two fish. He's a multiplier. He took this little thing and did all these big events. Praise God. But we don't realize that, man, they were sweating like crazy in there. Are you kidding me? They start off with this little jar and they got to pick up, this is the part of the story we don't really focus on, that in order to fill these jars up, 10-gallon clay jars. Bring it over here. Woo! Put one down. Well, that one's full. Now it's full of oil. Ugh! i got to pick this up, bring it all the way back over here, and put it down, and now I'm going to repeat the process over and over, and I'm breaking a sweat over here. I'm breaking a sweat receiving God's blessing because that's what we think all the time. Oh, God's just going to hand deliver some full jars to my door. He's already doing the supernatural multiplication, but sometimes we got to do the lifting. We got to be willing to do the hard work so God will stretch our capacity. 
And it's oftentimes not done in public in front of tons of people. The greatest leaders are people that were developed when they were alone in the areas where no one sees. God is a God of light, but sometimes he develops in the darkness. Some people remember the days where before you took a picture, like there wasn't iPhones. You took a picture, and you developed the film, and you had to take it into a dark room where there was no light, not many other people, and you need to leave that room in the darkness in order for it to be developed, in order for people to be able to see what was finally on it. Then, after the developing was done in the dark, then you could take the picture and you could show all your friends, look what I did. But first, you had to go into a room and shut the door and allow God to increase your capacity. You had to do the heavy lifting. Pick up these 10-gallon jars, probably made of clay, super heavy. Heavy when they're empty. Super heavy when they're full. This isn't water. We're talking about oil, thicker, heavier. Do all that heavy lifting. And in the dark, God developed and God stretched the capacity. Verse 6, when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But her son replied, there's not a jar left. And then when they were out of jars, the oil stopped flowing. God's blessing didn't surpass their capacity. When the jar stopped, the oil stopped. It was a supernatural work of God. They started off with a little jar of oil. If God wanted to, they could have kept on going. They could have kept on going. But once he saw the capacity had been reached, the blessing had been paused. See, because if God had continued to pour out oil, what first started off as a miracle, then would have just turned into a mess. Well, I got this oil. I got nowhere else to store it. Now it's everywhere. It's all over the floor. I'm up six inches to my calves in oil. This is nasty. You know how hard it is to get oil out of your clothes? My wife gave me a warning before I stepped on the stage. If you get oil on your clothes, it ain't easy. And what started off as a provision would have just turned into a problem. Well, God was doing a miracle. Thank you for the oil. But now we got a ginormous mess to clean up. If the blessing had surpassed the capacity. But look at it again. When he replied, there is not a jar left, then the oil stopped flowing. There are so many times in our lives we are praying for God to give us more than we can handle. God, I want to receive your blessing. I want to receive your blessing, God. But he's asking you what Elisha asked. What do you have in your house? What is your capacity? Do you have the character, the integrity, the patience, the selflessness, the generosity for me to be able to bless you at the extent of what you're asking? Or would there just be a ginormous mess of oil on the floor that you would be responsible to clean up? Check your capacity. Can you handle all that God wants to give you? He's ready to pour. He is ready to pour. But are you ready to receive? Do you have the capacity? And we get frustrated with God. Well, God's saying no. He won't give me the things that I'm asking for. 
the relationship, the promotion, whatever it might be, God is saying no. Maybe at times God is not always saying no. Maybe sometimes he's just saying, check your capacity. Because God loves you too much to give you more players than your game can handle. Because God, when he blesses you, he wants it to bless you and not crash your server. God doesn't want to burden you. God doesn't want to harm you. He wants to bless you. But we have to get honest with ourselves and say, God, do I have the capacity to receive? God, what you want to give me? Because when the capacity hits its limit, the oil stopped flowing. And I've been really thinking about my life lately, checking my capacity and, and asking God, God, do I have the capacity to handle all that I'm asking you to give me? You know, if I'll be fully honest, when I started streaming on Twitch almost six years ago, I'll celebrate six years, December 19th, if I'll be honest, today, six years later, I thought I'd be a lot further along. You know, I'd like to think that I'm somewhat of a decent, interesting, and entertaining personality. I'd like to think that my production value is very good. I'd like to think that I bring value to the people that watch my stream. I'd like to think that my gameplay is somewhat above average, a little bit. <laughs> enough to where it's at least enjoyable to watch, right? I'm no pro, but I feel like I'm good enough. <laughs> I'd like to think these things about my stream. And after six years of hard work, if I'll be fully honest with you, I, if you were to ask me six years ago, where do you think you'll be in six years? I thought I'd be further along than I am. And I don't necessarily think that I'm doing anything wrong. I have room for improvement, lots of things that even I know off the top of my head I could be better at. But I have to get honest with myself and ask myself, what's my capacity? What's my capacity? I don't think it's that God doesn't want me to reach more people. I just got to get honest and say, God, I need to check my capacity. God knows you and I better than we know ourselves. And I, I don't know why, but I'm getting honest and checking my capacity. Maybe God knows that if I had 10,000 viewers, God forbid, maybe it would get to my head. God knows that maybe I need to learn better money management skills because if I had 5,000 more subscribers, maybe I wouldn't be managing money better on a larger scale. Maybe if I had such a high sub count, I would forget who my real provider is and not God, but rather my subs. Maybe I need to check my capacity and say, God, what is on the inside of me that you're trying to stretch before you pour out your blessing? And I don't know what it is, maybe for you, of why God is not answering your prayer in the way that you wanted. And sometimes he is just saying no. But I think other times he's saying, check your capacity. And once your capacity reaches the amount that I want to give you, then I'll, then I'll give it to you. But if I give it to you now, it's just going to crash your server. It's not going to be a blessing. It's going to be a burden. There's going to be oil all over the floor because you didn't have the container to carry it. And here at God Squad Church, that's what we've been asking ourselves. God, what's our capacity? God, we've got to check our capacity so that, God, we can be a blessing to as many people as we can. 
God, we want to reach the whole world. We want to reach and share the gospel with all 2.2 billion gamers around the world. All of them. Every single one of them. But what's our capacity? And we've been getting real honest with ourselves and looking at what God has already given us and checking our capacity. And maybe over the past years, some of you guys have maybe noticed that our church has begun to plateau a little bit. Maybe you've noticed that the amount of people that attend church on a Saturday hasn't really gone up. Maybe you've noticed, like in the Discord, that we're getting more and more people. But you might not get to see all the details. And our church is in a place where we're really needing to check our capacity and ask God, God, what can we do with what we have? And how much can we actually handle? And on the outside, it seems like everything is handy-dandy. Everything is perfectly fine. But if we'll be honest with you, we're having some capacity issues. Some of you might say, well, we're, we're an online church. There's no uh, like fire code for how many people you can put in the room. <laughs> True. We have unlimited seating, and we thank God for that. But when there's unlimited seating... That means there's unlimited people. There's unlimited amounts of blessing of people that we can reach. So many people. I showed a picture last week from my stream. 2,500 individual people in one day. Like the amount of blessing, the amount of people that because we're an online church that we can reach is astronomical. The amount of people that we can be a blessing to the amount of people that we can interact with is through the roof. Our mod seat in the Discord. How many people join the Discord every week is insane. But we need to ask ourselves if so many people are joining and so many people are finding our church, why aren't they staying? Why aren't they sticking around? Why aren't they getting plugged into the community? Because what you might not get to see is what happens behind the scenes. You might get to see on the surface that last year around this time, we had like 2,500 people in the Discord. Now fast forward a year later, now we have like 3,500 people in the Discord. Praise God, 1,000 people? That's insane in one year. And it is. And we thank God for it. But what you might not get to always see is that just in the past six days, let me go over six days of Discord activity with you. Six people joined one day, but then three people left. Five people joined, but then three more people left. Four people joined, but then seven people left. Six people joined, three people, man, three people left. Seven people joined the Discord today, praise God. But then five of them, five of them left. And they're not always the same people. It's not like one guy came for five minutes and left five minutes later. It's like one new person came in, one old person went out. Sixth day, four people joined, nine people left. In the past six days, 32 people have joined our Discord. 32 people, but 30 also left. 32 in, 30 out. 
If we continue at this rate, in the next year, we'll have reached 1,664 new people. Praise God. But then 1,560 of them will leave. I don't think we have a bad church. I think we have great leaders. I think we do our best to love and serve people. The issue is not our leaders. The issue is not our church. The issue is our capacity. Our capacity. God wants to pour out his blessing. There are people for days to reach. 2.2 billion gamers worldwide. But what's happening is God wants to pour out his blessing. By the way, this sermon is brought to you by Great Value. Praise God. God wants to pour out his blessing, and he is, and, he, and he's pouring, and he is pouring, and people are getting saved, and marriage is being restored, and people's addiction to pornography is being broken, and lives are being changed. But then what's happening is we've reached our capacity. But the people keep coming, and we want to serve them. We want to reach them. People keep coming. They keep on coming. But as you can see here, on surface level, looks amazing that, man, look at how many people we're reaching. But if you look closely, look at how many people are just spilling over. Look at how many people just kind of feel like they're at the bottom of the barrel. Look at how many people kind of just feel like they're being neglected because there's not enough leaders and pastors to take time to pray with them, to take time to talk with them, to love them, to serve them. And we got so many people coming in, but also so many people just spilling right back out. The issue is not God's blessing. And the issue isn't even our church. The issue is simply just the capacity. If you understand church life, church leaders say that Pastors can effectively love, lead, and serve about 150 people. About 150 people. With our current church leadership of four pastors and 3,500 people, 3,491 to be exact, and actually last week we were well above 3,500, but we fell back down. That would be 872 people per pastor. 872 people per pastor. If we were to show you a picture of Somewhere around that ballpark, the picture would look something like this on the screen. Huge crowd of people. Almost a thousand people. Now we're going to go to the next slide. And you maybe, maybe noticed something different. Maybe you didn't. But for those of you that didn't catch it, there's one small difference about these pictures. And in the next one, we'll zoom in and we'll show you the difference. The difference is Pastor Boss. The difference is Pastor Boss. Now we'll go to the final picture. And you'll see that Pastor Boz is there, highlighted, circled in the middle. But when I changed from the first picture to the second picture, most of you probably didn't notice because in a crowd this big, Pastor Boz looks very insignificant. There he is. You look good, though, bro. Looking sharp. But as you can imagine, like when a gamer plays a game on a release day, but yet the capacity can't handle the amount of players. People are left with a really bad experience. People are left with a bad taste in their mouth. Man, I reached out for prayer, but it took like three weeks for somebody to respond to me. Man, I was going in for surgery, and no one checked in on me. 
because there's 872 people per pastor. Man, I was really struggling. My marriage was on the rocks, and I had, I had no one that could meet with me, talk with me, pray for me. Not because we don't want to. It's just because of our capacity. 872 people per pastor, I think most of you can understand. Too many players for the game server. And we don't want less people. <laughs> Never. Never. Never, ever, 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 ever. We want God to pour his blessing. But we don't have the capacity to handle it. I know it might seem humorous because it's just oil. But the oil represents real life people with real life hurt, real life people that are just spilling over, real life people that are going neglected, unprayed for, because there's 872 people per pastor. And I know that simple answer might be, well, let's just hire some more pastors. Easy fix. It's just, just, just get a bigger jar. Let's just increase our capacity. It'll solve everything. That's an easy fix. If God's got more oil, we just need a bigger jar. Simple math, pastor math. I mean, it's, it's, that, it's that easy. But what you might not understand is that our church is beyond capacity. We're going to talk more about it next week when we talk about giving and having an honest conversation about the financial state of our church. We can't just hire more pastors. What you might not know is that most of our pastors either work for free or a half salary. We, we can't just get a bigger jar. We have a condition with our capacity. And we want God to do more. We want Him to do more. We need Him to do more. People need to know Jesus. But we can't handle the capacity. We can't handle the capacity. We're praying for God to give us more. But then when he does, real life people are spilling over. People aren't able to feel connected, aren't able to get the prayer that they need, aren't able to get the hope that they need. And we're going to have really serious conversations this week and next week about the current condition of our capacity because we have a problem. Well, some of you say, well, it's a good problem. Reaches so many people, praise God, and you'd be right. But a good problem is still a problem. We need to be able to love our people. We need to be able to serve our people. And last year we did Waymaker Week. We raised more funds to be able to bring Pastor Bods, know where they serve, to Virginia and bring more health to our church. And we did a lot of things. And the hope was that a lot of people we're willing to give big amounts on a monthly basis for one year in hopes that over that next year, that as we reached more people, more of those people would give, more of those people would financially support the church, so that after one year of like really giving big and sacrificing, they could reduce their amount to a more moderate giving, because when everyone gives a little, nobody has to give more than they actually can. But then COVID hit. Things didn't exactly go according to plan. 
And we have people that they've been faithful, giving big. But they committed for one year. And one year happens in November. And if we're not careful, our church's financial budget and capacity is going to go from this to this. These are conversations we need to have as a church because we can't pretend like everything's okay when it's not. We don't have a leader issue. We don't have a church issue. We just have a capacity issue. And God's got so much more to give. So much more to give. But we don't have enough place to store it. And so we're asking God, we need to check our capacity. We need to look at the current state and health of our church and ask God to help us. Because I don't want any more people to spill over. I don't want any more people whose marriages need help to go unprayed for. I don't want any more people to go spilling over. I know it seems simple because it's just oil. But it represents real people who need help. Real people who need prayer. Real people who need a pastor. Real people who need community. And the capacity of our, our leaders, the capacity of our staff. Although our church continues to grow, the capacity has stayed the same. And believe me, I'm, I'm all about moving forward. I'm all about moving forward. But we can't move forward until we can at least handle what we have. We can't ask God to give us more if we can't even handle what we've got. I've been wrestling with my theology of God, do, do, do I stop asking you to save more people so that they don't have to keep getting hurt? Because God, I know that I know you've got more. And just like Elisha, how can I help you? He's ready. He's ready and he's willing. But at the end of each message, when we pray that prayer and people say yes to follow Jesus, I'd be lying if in the back of my mind I didn't ask myself, are they just going to get lost in the mix? Are they just going to be another person in the discord that reaches out for prayer but can't get it? He's ready and he's willing, but we don't have the capacity. We're spilling out just as fast as we're bringing in, and we need to ask God to help us. We can't just keep pretending like things are okay when they're not. We could ask God to increase our capacity. God, bring us leaders. God, give our church the finances that we need to be able to take care of our current leaders and bring on more leaders so that, God, we can handle the blessing that you want to give us. But it's not just oil. It's, it's real people. And obviously, if you guys were here last week, you guys are aware that 
we just lost another pastor. And we respect Pastor Winkari. He worked hard and loved our people, and he needed to do what was best for his family. And we have no disagreements with that, and we wish him and his family all the best. But as you could probably understand, it's quite a bit of a setback. Quite a bit of a setback with 872 people per pastor. And like I said, it's simple. Just, well, if you hired Pastor Wincari, just hire another one. But you don't know that Pastor Wincari worked for free because he had raised all of his own financial support from friends and family, moved to Virginia and worked for the church for free. I mean, there's no better deal than that. But we can't just go out and get another one. And our capacity is full. And not only was Pastor Wincari here, but he lived here in Virginia. We have a new physical location where we've been praying and asking God to bring us new people. And for the past two months, and I sit before you in this room today, two months later, with still not a single new person. We had one or two people that attend Clover Hill Church, the church that we rent from. They heard about us, wanted to come check it out. But we haven't had a single new person attend. And we've been sitting here saying, God... Why won't you pour out your blessings? I thought you wanted us to reach people. And he does. But we don't have the capacity to store it. Four pastors down one, 3,500 people online. And so after much prayer and consideration, we've made the very, very difficult decision that after five years of dreaming big, finally being here in this room and opening to the doors so we can reach more people. We've made the difficult yet wise decision to say, maybe we need to put our physical location on pause, close the doors, so that we're not asking God to pour on more oil that we don't have room to store. Because if we're down a pastor over the past year, our online community grew by over a thousand people. We've got to keep up with our capacity. And so for all the people in our community that had joined us online, they've already received an email that as of today, the doors would be no longer open to the public. For those that already come, Blue Eyes Family, Golden Jeep, OG Nubs, people from our online community that live local, they'll still be able to Come and attend. But if our capacity is this full due to the past year of growth, due to the fact of losing a pastor, for every single person that walks through that door, if we leave them open, they're just going to spill on over. And not because we don't want to reach people, but because we actually want to be able to take care of people. We've had to make the very difficult decision to not cancel our vision, but just to hit pause until we can grow our capacity so that we can actually love and serve people. And I know, friends, that these things are difficult to talk about. But as a church family, we've got to have these conversations because this is, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. And if we don't address it, we don't do anything about it. It's just only going to get worse. 
And I know that with certain things that have happened recently, it can really seem like a setback. But I want to read you the final verse of our passage. Verse number seven. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debts. Then you and your son can live on what is left. And I want to end with two quick thoughts. One, I love this woman's heart because I think it's similar to ours. She wasn't asking for her capacity to be increased. She wasn't asking for more money just so that she could be better off. She was asking for more money. She was asking for a bigger capacity so that her sons didn't have to suffer. Because remember, she couldn't pay the debt. Her sons would be sold into slavery. She wasn't being selfish. She wasn't being greedy. She was asking for more so that her sons didn't have to suffer. I want you to hear my heart because I know that it can be difficult when churches start talking about money. We're not asking for your financial support so that we can just be better off. We're asking for your support so that people don't have to suffer. So that those that need prayer can get it. So that those who need a pastor can have one. So that we can love and serve our people. But number two, I'll leave you with this. Again, verse seven. Go sell the oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left. You see, this entire story started with a setback. Tragically, her husband had passed away. Tragedy had just struck in their family. And a lot of these conversations had started two weeks ago when we found out Pastor Wincar was leaving. And these can seem like a setback. But I really believe that your worst setbacks can come right before your biggest setups. You see, because this woman was in need of a miracle, and all she was asking was, God, take care of my debt. But God wanted to increase her capacity so that not only he could take care of her debt, but so that he could take care of her life. You see, because in the final verse, it doesn't just say, go and sell and pay your debt. It says, go sell pay your debt, and then you've got so much more that you can live the rest of your life on. Your biggest setbacks can come right before your biggest setups. And right now, our church is in the middle of a setback. But I believe in Jesus' name that if we will banner together, pray and fast and give and seek God, that although we're in the middle of a setback, he's about to turn it into a setup and bring us the support that we need, and bring us the leaders that we need, so that we can love and serve God's people. And I don't know what it is in your life, but you're in the middle of a setback. 2020, most people are probably in the middle of a setback. But I believe in praying Jesus' name, that if you allow God to stretch your capacity, if you'll be willing to check your capacity, he's going to turn your setback into a setup. And he'll pour out so much oil that you'll finally be able to store it. But if you're not willing to go through the difficult process, you'll never be able to store what God has for you. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about our capacity and talking about what do we do as we ask God to bring the blessing that we need. And today, there's four ways in which you can help our church's capacity. One, you can pray. We are in 
immense need for God's help, for God's wisdom. All of us are navigating through 2020. And we need God's wisdom. We need God's help. Honestly, there's probably another waymaker we come in your way. Like we're trying to figure out, like God, how are we actually going to increase the capacity? Like how are we actually going to do this? Because remember, God wants to pour the oil, but sometimes we've got to pick up those 10-gallon jars. We're going to have to work hard. We're going to have to do some stuff. What are we going to do, God? What are we going to do? Two, second thing you can do is you can serve. We would love some more experience group leaders. Some people that can actually get 10 people together and go through the Bible studies that we provide for you as you facilitate a group of people that are building trust. In a big church, people need to feel connected and experience groups are the best way to do it. But our experience groups are at capacity. Well, let's just start a new one. Need more leaders. If you want to help our capacity, you can go to our website. You can put a link in the chat. You can sign up to potentially be a new experience group leader. Ask God to use you. Ask God to be a part of increasing the capacity. Three, you can share. I know that not everyone might be in a position to be able to give or financially support the church. But you can tell your friends. Ask them to be praying. Ask them to be supporting. You might know a friend whose grandson is a gamer. And if they knew there was a way for him to hear about Jesus, man, he'd be praying for it. He'd be supporting it. He'd be telling all his friends about it. One of the most common things we get told all the time is, how did I not know this existed? You can share. And lastly, you can give. Not so that we can have more and be better off, but so that we can increase our capacity so that just like the woman, her sons didn't have to suffer. You can give right on our website. We're going to watch a video here in a minute that's going to explain to you all the safe and secure ways in which you can give. And we're going to talk more about giving next week and getting more into detail with the current financial state of our church. But I challenge you today, as an act of your worship, as an act of your sacrifice, Maybe you've seen people in the discord that feel like they're just swimming at the bottom of the barrel and you want them to be able to get the love and the help and the support that they need. Then we'd invite you, would you consider partnering with God Squad Church financially, whether it's a one-time gift or really what we need is monthly recurring support. I believe we're building the kingdom and I believe that God wants to pour his blessing. First, we need to take care of our capacity. And I would invite you and challenge you. You can give through PayPal. You can give on our website. The video will tell you all of it. Would you be willing to partner with us? If you're here and God Squad Church is your home, I would, I would challenge you, really charge you to support the church that is feeding you spiritually so we can love and serve our people. But maybe you're here just from the outside, attend a different church, but maybe, maybe you want to be able to give and support something that's impacting lives, and we would invite you to do so so we can increase our capacity, so we can love and serve God's people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord. First and foremost, that God, we do have a good problem. Thank you, God. It's, a, it's an immense blessing to have grown our discord by about a thousand people in the past year. 
God, the opportunities that you've given us are, God, they're just incredible. We're so thankful, Lord. But God, we don't just want to look impressive. We don't just want to have big numbers. God, we genuinely want to love people and serve people. But in order to do that, we need to increase our capacity. And so, Holy Spirit, we're asking you today, give us wisdom, give us guidance so that we might be able to increase our capacity so we can love our people, so we can actually handle the amount of blessing that, God, you want to send our way. God, I pray for every single one of us in our individual lives, that, God, we might know that although right now we're in the middle of a setback, God, you're about to bring us set up. Jesus, when you died on the cross and they put you in that tomb, the world felt like we were in the middle of a setback. But Jesus, three days later, they didn't know that the resurrection wasn't a setback, that the death wasn't a setback. It was a setup for the resurrection. That Jesus, three days later, you rose from the grave, forgiving us of our sins, that all who would put their trust in Jesus could have eternal life, but there is no resurrection first without the death. And God, I pray for those that are in the middle of a setback. Certain areas of their life feel like they're dying. I pray that you'd bring a resurrection in Jesus' name. Help us to check our hearts and be honest with ourselves and ask ourselves the question, do I have the capacity to receive all that God I'm asking for? And today, Lord, we ask you, Father, that you would help us as we grow our capacity. We pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would send people our way that can serve, that can pray, that can share, but also, Father, I pray that you'd send people our way that will give, that will give sacrificially, like our leaders and pastors do, both with their time and their finances, to be able to be a blessing to many. God, we pray that all of this would go to glorify, magnify, and honor the name of Jesus Christ. Be with us today, we pray, Lord, as we grow our capacity so we can continue to grow your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Here are the ways that you can give at God Squad Church. You can find links in the chat or below the stream at our Give panel, where you can donate via PayPal or on our website. Our website giving allows you to easily customize your donations to fit what works for you. Lastly, you can text any amount to the number 84321 to use our easy and convenient text to give. However you're giving, remember that every penny counts. And thank you so much for supporting our vision of helping gamers win together.